Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. I was never a fan of ravioli either. I just don't <laughs> okay. like how that tastes. What are they hiding? What are they hiding? What's that pasta hiding? What's its problem? <laughs> <laughs> You're suspicious <laughs> yeah. of the dish. Of the pasta. This is Swick Presents Outside the Galaxy, the podcast that takes a closer look at unique characters and people a little closer to home. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her. Backstories. Well, we're bones. Histories. Wasn't me. And details. I love gold. You never knew. So this is Planet Houston. Wanted to know. No, I don't. Or ever need to know. You took four minutes of my life and I want them back. Now here are this episode's panelists of Outside the Galaxy. Hello, welcome to Star Wars and Character Presents Outside the Galaxy. Ow! Outside! <laughs> the galaxy! Uh, me, Dave, and, uh, and Matt are here. There's, someone's not with us this episode. Again. He, he might <laughs> pop on. He said he yeah. Well, you know. He said... He has to eat first. He has to feed his belly. He's hungry. Is that what it is? Hey, I had to eat. Yeah. That's why I was late. Yeah, he had to eat. I just assume he's a male prostitute and he's on call. <laughs> That's funny. So I'm on he... call. <laughs> for that? <But> no. <laughs> but for but, other reasons. I mean, I could get a call here. That's a possibility. I'll make it for an interesting episode. Tim what is been... Tim calling him? Oh, boy. <laughs> Would you say, what Tim is Tim calling him? Yeah. <laughs> No, what if Tim's calling you? What if the outside call is Tim calling you? About? That's what I thought. Okay, I, I kind of yeah, I th- I thought that was the 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 idea of the yeah. Um, I don't know what I would do. That's a toughie. That's what I see a call. Right? That's a toughie. It's a toughie. That's what that call's about. Toughie. He could surprise us and just pop on here, though. I guess so. Like it's that's it's it's possible, right? He could just like hello like join in right so. and you, with skype i don't know man every time i open it it's different again so i don't know we, we might have some complete stranger pop in and say i don't know what i'll say something probably something better thought out than this fucking joke <laughs> is is that possible like if one of our if if a friend of ours right now is on skype and they see that we're on here can they just jump on i don't know i okay i, I don't know like, because i know we've done shows where we've God, this is so not anything to do with this episode. I know we've done shit. We've, <laughs> we've done recordings where we'd be on for like a good 20 minutes just talking and all of a sudden Tim would pop in. That's We must already include him in the call and it's just waiting for him on his side because I, I that hmm. would seem rather dangerous. In fact, wow, this was dangerous. I forgot about this. Zoom in the early days of... um. What do you call it? Uh, COVID. When Zoom, when everyone was using Zoom, and Zoom was like super new, and like like two guys were running it, like like you could bomb any meeting that wasn't private, and people were like posting like hardcore porn in their video windows and people's like business meetings and shit. Yeah, I think yeah. that happened in a, in a school district meeting. <laughs> One of the dis- the district that I worked in, like somebody just infiltrated and put some like nasty, like right in the middle, like. Students, parents, everybody in there. That happened. <laughs> um, a beer podcast I watched was doing a lot of live streams on Facebook, and and it someone just jumped in there with like some seriously hardcore stuff, and they ended up getting suspended on Facebook because of the content, even though they didn't do it. Mm. But they got they got all this stuff back again. But yeah, yeah, shit, I forgot about that. Why hasn't that ever happened to us while we're recording? 
Yeah, we would have liked That's that. Right. <laughs> Wasn't it? Didn't some people get caught like going to the bathroom? But why are you taking your laptop in to the bathroom? Or how, how can they see you know. taking the dump? Maybe you know? their camera was off and they went in the background of that room or something. Okay. My favorite favorite Zoom story was about that manager who turned herself into a potato and didn't know how to turn it off. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> the talking potato, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, it's been three years. We still, I still use Zoom a lot for, for my job. Yep. Um, how many times has, has a meeting ever gone by where you don't have to tell someone once they start talking, <laughs> you're on mute? It's been three years. It's it's Everyone, it's kind of the other way around for me because most of our team meetings are done in Microsoft Teams, but our department meetings are done on Zoom because that's too much for Teams, and usually it's not a big discussion. There's a couple. Of keep people telling us something and then we end up having to tell somebody that they're not muted and they're like like i don't know get me a pastrami on rye and don't tell them to put that spicy mustard on like dan 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 (laughs) mute yourself (laughs) dan dan Dan. (laughs) oh well do we get any hints this time i will i'll give you hints um I didn't write any down, but they're it's off the top of my head. Okay, first, the, to me, this person is a true definition of a real life hero, not superhero, not like a legend or a mystic, you know, some kind of story or fable. This is a true, honest to like reality hero. This person did something I think is heroic. So um, it's a real person. It's a real person, and oh. they're also. Almost the living definition of 15 minutes of fame. Everyone knew who this was, and now no one is thinking about this person. In fact, I wrote in my notes, like, Dave, at first I wrote that um, Tim probably won't know the name, but I think he knows the event, but he's not here. But then Dave knows this person, but you won't know the name right away, but you'll quickly understand who it is. I think Chris has even known about this person, but it did happen 10 years ago, so he probably forgotten it all. But some of this might come back to him. All right. I have a guess. Okay, go for it. Kai, the the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker. No, but I did watch that freaking documentary when I was on uh, vacation in uh, was it right? Denver. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was when I was on vacation. I wasn't on vacation. It was when I was off sometime, and it's like, whoa, holy cow. Wow. Yeah. What a story. You can't write that story. That just had to happen. Yeah. Matt, is there can, is there like a, a year or decade or I can tell you time? that this person was a dishwasher at Hodge's restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio, and then one fateful day, Monday, May 6, 2013, they went from dishwasher to national hero with the epitome of 15 minutes of fame. Wow. Drew Carey, I have no idea. Nope. All right. Well, I will play wow. the clip that thrust this person in the spotlight and i know dave will know who it is and maybe chris will remember okay i was waiting for you to do what i was waiting for you to do one of the the things that you have introduced me to in 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 this style over the years oh okay (laughs) so you think you know what it is now i think so yeah okay all right let's find out Talking with Charles Ramsey, he's a neighbor. Uh, t- walk me through again what happened this afternoon. You, were, you, you heard screaming. I heard screaming. I'm eating my McDonald's. I uh, come outside. I see this girl going nuts trying to get out of her house. So we kick the bottom. And she comes out with the little girl. And she says, 
call 911. My name was Amanda Berry. See, the girl Amanda told the police, I ain't just the only ones. It's some more girls up in that house. So they went up there, you know, 30, 40 deep. And when they came out, was just astonishing because I thought they were going to come up with nothing. I figured, I mean, whoever she was, and like I say, my neighbor, uh, you, you got you got the, some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Because we see this dude every day. I mean, every day. How long have you lived here? I've been here a year. Okay. You still come up from? Right. I barbecue with, with this dude. We eat ribs and, and whatnot and listen to salsa music. You see I'm coming from? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Nothing exciting about him. Well, until the day. <laughs> what was your reaction on the girls' faces? I can't imagine to see the sunlight, to be Bro, around people. I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. Something is wrong here. Dead giveaway. Dead Charles, giveaway. Charles, thank you very Dead much. Dead giveaway. <laughs> This is so great. Today, you now this. know who this is, right? Oh my god. As so, as soon as you said the stuff about the dishwasher and stuff. <laughs> that that is so great. Yes. I am I, 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 I it's funny to listen to the interview cuz I haven't heard the interview played like that in a while. I only hear the song. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's funny to hear him speak the words and not have them auto <laughs> and that auto tuned right auto tuned in the song yeah it's so great so who i'm talking about is charles ramsey D does this name ring a bell to you chris if not the story it's, might it slowly does here and there but I, i'm still really um blank about it okay well let me let me let me set up the story here because and, and for everybody listening of course too we're not going to go right into this with just that on may 16 or 6 sorry 2013 charles ramsey was a man that freed amanda berry from the home of ariel castro castro sorry which led to the freedom of michelle knight and gina de jesus all three which were held captive by ariel castro for over a decade mm -hmm. Now, I want to say, starting out here, um, we're going to have, a, I think, a lot of fun in this episode, but before we get into that, I want to say the story is like born from a pretty seriously horrible event. And I want to take yeah. a minute to talk about that before we, just what happened and, and, and take a little bit of seriousness into this before we get into the fun. We're talking about what's been called the Ariel Cast Castro kidnappings and the Cleveland kidnappings. And it started on August 23rd, 2002, when Michelle Knight was on her way to a court appearance for a child custody case involving her son. She got lost along the way. She stopped at the dollar store for directions, and that's where she met Ariel Castro, and Castro offered her a ride to get there. We led her to his house, where he chained her by her throat and wrist in his cellar. Little further into the future, April 21st, 2003, Amanda Berry was walking home for a job at Burger King and was approached by Ariel Castro offering her a ride home. She hated to be seen outside of work in that uniform, so she accepted the ride, but instead of taking her home, Castro abducted her and kept her captive in his basement as well. April 2nd, 2004, about a year later, Gina De Jesus was offered a ride home from school from her friend's father, who is Ariel Castro, and again, Castro did not take Gina to her home, but he took her to his house and held her against her will, along with Michelle Knight and Amanda Berry. Over the next decade, Castro would torture, rape, starve, beat, and emotionally and psychologically abuse these girls. All accounts of this is absolutely horrible, and he was particularly abusive to Michelle Knight. He alleged ten years. Ten years, yeah, that yeah. Is Jesus, that, is, that is insane. And you know, yeah. all those families assumed they were dead, like. 
I mean, they, you know, these people, I watch a lot of true crime. It's like, well, we never gave up hope. You don't know what goes through your mind until that happens to you. Ten years. Yeah. And the sad- you, you have to move on. Like, you you, you have to. Or, or you just can't. The saddest side note to this story, which I didn't put much in, but since you brought that up, I'm going to say it. Because I really, I really do feel bad for Michelle Knight more than anybody. I feel bad for all three of them. Don't get me wrong. But there was Amanda Berry's mother, uh, um, Gina DeJesus' parents. They, all, they never stopped looking for her. Posters. Report, news reports of whatever they could get out there they could get out there no one was ever really looking for michelle her mother just kind of figured she just up and left and that was the end of it so i feel awful for her because she's been there the right. longest and no one was specifically looking for her like amanda and gina's family were but she's she's come a long way since then we might talk a little about that in the end but that that when i found that part out in this research that, was, that actually was like the worst thing to find out about all of this i think that that the, nobody was even bothering. That is horrible. To again, not to to focus on the abuse, but just to again shed a light on how serious this is. He impregnated both uh, Michelle Knight and Amanda Berry at once, and he induced miscarriages by beatings. And one report Jeez. with dumbbells, which is freaking awful. Um, one child did survive, and we'll hear about that child throughout this episode being referred to. We don't know their name. We don't know. We know it's a daughter because actually. Um, Charles Ramsey told us that in the beginning, um, she was born in that cellar dungeon and she, Castro did occasionally take this baby out of the house now and again and lied to the neighbors that it was his granddaughter, which is, I'm putting that in for the story because it explains some of the things that Charles Ramsey is going to say as we go through this episode. Now let's get to the, like just the, the, um, the, the, the heroic part here, the, the good part of the story on May 6, 2013, Castro left the house for an errand. And Amanda Berry soon realized that he didn't lock what they, they referred to as the heavy door. This is a door that sealed them inside Castro's cellar. So they she slipped by that. Uh, all three girls thought it might have been a test for them. Right. Uh, that for, he was or test- trap or something. Yeah, trap. Yeah. So, but that, so um, <laughs> that was until Amanda's daughter came downstairs saying she couldn't find daddy. She was looking for Ariel. So they knew he was gone. So Amanda grabbed her daughter and headed towards that to the front door. She cautiously went around the house, got to the home's main door. She got to the main door, but she found that door was locked too. But once she realized for sure Castro was gone, she started to just scream her head off for help. And that's when Charles Ramsey came over. He tried to force the lock open on the door, but he ended up kicking the hell out of the bottom of it, which was kind of um, this, this uh, by uh, a reenactment of this, it was like a metal... Um, what do you call that? A uh, sheet metal. So he was able to kick that panel in pretty well enough for her and the daughter to come out. Ramsey. He's a, he's a pretty big dude. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's average size, I think. Okay. He's, yeah. But I mean, he was strong enough to kick the door. Not any of us could have done that. Not saying that any of us would have done this. I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, just kind of give it a, he's about our size collectively. I'm like, you know, we're all average size people. Well, maybe but phys- a little more. Physically than, fit enough. <laughs> I think so. It. Yeah. He did look pretty, pretty um, <laughs> healthier than I am right now. So at this point, Ramsey and Amanda both called 911. When the police arrived, they ended up rescuing Michelle Knight and Gina De Jesus. Errol Castro is apprehended and arrested in a shopping center not far from the house. And we'll discuss what happens on that later, because now we're going to shift focus to this story's hero, Charles Ramsey. So, like I said, in my hints, 
He worked at Hodge's restaurant. He's a dishwasher primarily, but he did some prep work when needed, notably peeling onions for their popular French onion soup and their onion ravioli dishes, which not sure which one of those I like less. You don't like French onion soup? <laughs> I do, but the onion ravioli is, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. I was never a fan of ravioli either. I just don't <laughs> okay. like how that tastes. What are they hiding? What are they hiding? What's that pasta hiding? What's its problem? <laughs> You're suspicious <laughs> yeah. of the dish. Of the pasta. Don't be suspicious. Yeah. Don't be suspicious. So the reason he was home, he was actually on the last day of a suspension from work. Because earlier that week, he was given a warning after, quote, threatening, unquote, his coworker. And what happened was, after getting through a significant pile of onions yet again, he got frustrated and said, are you going to help me peel these onions, or am I going to have to peel you? So they took that as a threat and put him on a short suspension. <laughs> I like that threat. Because you can tell, just by the way he's talking to the reporter, he is not mincing words. He does not does mince not. words. No. Yes. And that is part mince, of the, the pleasure of listening to this onions. man. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but not words. <laughs> Uh, so uh, so that was the written or the written warning then a couple days after this i'm sorry i said he was suspended but there was more to this so that was the that was the warning that was the written warning a couple days after this ramsey was cleaning a table and a spent cartridge from an ak-47 bullet that his friend gave him fell out of his pocket and between that uh that verbal quote threat and bringing a bullet casing to work, the managers had to suspend him for a short time, which was three days, I think, from what I could tell from the research. But what was the reasoning that why he brought in the bullet? That is never explained. Okay. <laughs> and we get a, quite a few of those moments in this <laughs> in this story. But so it just gems. came out. So so the managers could have possibly. He's already threatened this guy. Yeah. And now he and now he brings in a bullet. Yeah. They yeah. could say that that's an extenuation of the threat. Or oh, there you go. A, See. It could like like it could have been a completely innocent thing, but if you threaten someone and then come in a day later or the next day with a bullet in your pocket, as the boss, you have to do something. That's about true. It. That's a good point. Right, I didn't right. have that. I didn't consider any of that in my notes. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Dave. I mean, I, we I, I don't know. We we all worked at like the movie theater and stuff, but like in the the bar slash brewery that I worked at, what goes on in the dish room. <laughs> Really, is <laughs> in the dish room is fuck all. I mean, anything and everything is going on back there. Any kind of behavior, any kind of drugs, any kind of anything is going on, and it's just I think the status quo for like the dish room in a restaurant or a bar or something. Okay, like that. all right. I have no. That is one career. Not that I've had many different career changes, but one thing I've never worked in is any kind of food. Direct food service. I mean, we had a concession stand at the theater, but never, never like full service plated foods. I've never had any experience with that. I, I know nothing yeah, yeah. about that world. Like, have you ever seen Waiting? Yes. Oh, the Ryan yeah. Reynolds movie? Ryan, Ryan Reynolds yeah. movie. Yes. Yes. You know how like, Andy Milanakis and another kid are like the dish kids, or the yeah. they're in the back and they're <laughs> yeah. just like, they're like, they're like huffing whipped cream and they're just like, they're not like that is accurate. Oh, That's wow. Okay. The movie's so good. <laughs> the shit that goes on in the kitchen and waiting is accurate. Wow. Okay. I have to like, watch I that with a perspective. The, as a bartender, I didn't have to go in the kitchen very often, but when I did, when you walked down in there, you were shaking your head. Holy <laughs> shit. Are you, are you saying that all three of us have eaten uh, pubic hair on our food? 
I want to. Well, that places. that doesn't surprise me to hear. <laughs> I'm not saying that about the place that I work. Oh no, I didn't mean the proper, but I I, no, I was no, saying that just. just I'm general. sure in general, at one place, I got general something, life. some kind of special sauce on my food that I wasn't expecting. Ah. <laughs> uh. So on this last day of his suspension, Ramsey was upset and frustrated because he had budgeted his last penny to pay his bills, his rent and everything, and not expected to have this shortage in his paycheck. So he had no money. He's waiting to get back to work. He's pissed off. As luck would have it, it his luck turned around because he found $11 in a shirt pocket that he didn't realize he had before that he stuffed in there. So now he's excited because he had enough money to go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac, fries, and a Sprite. And that's what he did. And he got on his Schwinn mountain bike that he bought off a crackhead and rode to McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, everything I'm telling you this is from him himself, and I'll explain how. So I'm not making, I'm not filling in gaps here. This is all from him. He's happy to tell you about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he bought, he brought home his meal. He settled down to eat, and that's when the screaming started. And this is when Charles Ramsey's 15 minutes of fame, and maybe a little bit more, begins. Wow. Because the news, I told you what he did. He, he was on the news, and that news report spread like wildfire, especially locally, because these girls were rushed to a local hospital. And the, there was they they were taken out of, as soon as the girls were safe they were taken away from that site so by the time the news outlets got there the only people that were there were the eyewitnesses and of course they would Charles Ramsey was the person they wanted to talk to so that leads that leads to the interview we heard the the interview is actually a little longer there's some pauses in that because I think there's at one point in an interview the cops come through so I, I kind of condensed it if you want to see the whole interview it's really easy Charles Ramsey interview you're gonna get about a billion <laughs> posts of this if you want to hear the whole thing but I played the the gist of it so he, he did that interview he did a couple other interviews from other reporters as they arrived they all are kind of the same like this what I played you is the best I think it's actually the second I get, I think it's get credited as the first one, but I think it's actually the second from the timeline I'm looking at on the news clips, especially when they have the little ticker at the bottom and you see what time it is. I, there's one that he does. It's a lot like this. I think this one is a little more. He's a little more animated. I think. I think the initial shock is worn off and the adrenaline is flowing, but this I think mm-hmm. is the second one. So, but that that second of many, and then uh, I will say, out of all these interviews, it it it. it, it does the story he tells does stay the same. I mean, he could, the more the attention gets, the easier it would be to embellish. He does not do that. Like some of the details get a little more colorful as the stories go, but over like the next 36 hours of him being interviewed, he's pretty much telling the same story, which makes me also really like him for the fact that he's telling the story his way, but he's not capitalizing on it by adding more to it that didn't really happen and sensationalizing it so this dude right. i like this dude from the first time i saw this video yeah he's he's not putting on airs he's just telling you the way it is right yeah exactly yep so all right so now we are after the initial i don't know we would call us hours of this not even we're not even a day into this few hours go it's the girls are safe. The sun's starting to set. This happened like midday, like around in the afternoon. I don't know if I have the timestamp on here. I don't even know if I know the timestamp, but you can tell by the interview. It's, it's daytime. Now we're getting into sunset and Ramsey is just kind of ready to get out of the spotlight. 
And the longer the interview goes, the, the, the more you can see he's kind of, while he's getting comfortable with the intention, he's also kind of ready to not have it on him for a little bit. And he, he starts talking about towards the tail end of these videos, how he used to live, he lived next to these girls for a year, but never knew they were in a captivity. And this you can see is physically starting to weigh on him as the evening goes. So now he's ready to just get away from everything and to get away from all the reporters and the cameras for a while. He hid where he knew cameras could not follow him. And that was the diamonds, the diamond men's club on fall street, which you can guess is a strip (laughs) joint. Yeah. So he went, he went there. Well, I mean, his claim is he went there to hide out to get away from the cameras, but I mean, you know, there can be worse places to hide out, I guess. Sure. So there, yeah. So there he met up with a, he met a new, he went there alone. He didn't go with his posse, but he met a friend there, a gentleman named Justo, who had offered him his father's house for the night to get some rest. Now, this sounds strange to go home with a complete stranger that you met in a strip club, but being completely exhausted with no feasible way to get any peace or rest, you're probably willing to take your chances with anyone just to get some sleep, which he did. So he did get a little sleep, but he had to go back to his house to pick up his phone. And when he got there, he was also uh, being, um, I don't know what the word, he was um, going to be picked up by the FBI for questioning. Mm. Questioning as a witness. And he wasn't being picked up as a suspect. I, I'm, that's the point I'm trying to make sure is clear here. That's why I want to find the right wording. But I think you guys get get that from what I'm telling he you. Had to, he had to do like a like a... Witness like statement, a, I guess, but for the yeah, FBI. Like sta- he had to give a statement or sign an affidavit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So the FBI picked him up. They took him to whatever local office is in that area. I, that I have no idea. I didn't even bother looking it up. They offered to take him back to his house, but instead he wanted to go to Hodge's restaurant so he could get his paycheck and make sure he still had a job. <laughs> and so they did. Oh. They took him there. And uh, he was worried because... This was the next day after his suspension. He was supposed to show up for work. He technically was a no-call, no-show, so he wanted to make sure he, he still had his job. So he did. He still had his job. And while they were there, the two FBI agents that escorted him stayed around for lunch and ordered two Ramsey's Burgers, which was a new menu on Hodge's restaurant that day. <laughs> Ramsey Burgers. Yes. His own burger. Yes, he had his own burger. Yep. Nice. No, I mean, yeah. Well, I said, I have my notes. Cool, right? Uh, the restaurant named the meal after him, inspired by his interview, but Charles didn't think he, he was, that was so cool. And he was, he pleaded with them to take it off because he did not want to be involved with anyone making money off of what these girls have been through. And most of all, no. by using his name, which makes me respect him even more in this story. Right. Yep. He wasn't looking, he wasn't looking for attention. He, he did what he did because he was a good person. Right. Yes. Yep. Yep. So now at this point, this is where he meets up with his friend uh, Justo and another friend Gino, who are kind of helping him guide through the next 36 hours of his life because things are about to get crazy. They're kind of his manager and agent. And the mm-hmm. first thing that they had to tell him that has to be done is that Anderson Cooper was on his way. He f- was flying in from CNN, wherever Anderson Cooper broadcasts. I don't think it's in Atlanta. I think it's in Hollywood or close to it. He was flying in to interview him there in Ohio. Now this, (laughs) this is the, 
Even though I started off the interview with the one that launched his fame, this is the masterpiece interview, in my opinion, because it's a few minutes. I don't have the whole thing. I have the highlights. And it's now Ramsey has, I think, perfected his delivery into his uh, answering his questions. And we're going to start off with when Anderson Cooper asked him about his experience with the 911 operator after rescuing Amanda Berry. So here's that clip. Amanda Berry then, what, asked to, hook to call 911? Mm-hmm. And I took her into my house. Now, I'm nervous as hell, so I'm fumbling with my phone. So I finally get it right. She can't wait, and I don't blame her. So what I do is tell her, go across the street and use their phone. Now, we both calling 911. Now, she get through, and I get through. She deal with a moron. Me, too. You said there were, what do you mean a moron? <laughs> I heard the 911 call for her and, and the woman kept being like, have that damn job. <laughs> <laughs> so he continues his interview with Anderson Cooper and he's elaborating more on the details of the 911 clip. And now we hear it, the 911 call from Ramsey's perspective here in this clip. You know why they got this so fast? Because I said moron. Because I said, hey, Amanda Berry, is right in front of me right now. He's like, what she got on? And I told him, white tank top, blue sweatpants, nice tennis shoes, nice, you know, ponytail. What else? Oh, right. She panicking, idiot. Put yourself in her shoes. I just said it. Amanda Berry, that don't ring no damn bells. You being a cop and all. <laughs> he tells it like it he is. He does, he does. So, all right, next clip here. These are all from... Oh, the <laughs> I read, the, I read the heading of the clip. All right, so throughout this, even to this day, Charles Ramsey, he would never take the title hero. That is just a word he would not accept. I mean, he understands where it's coming from. He's He doesn't get angry about it, but he's not, not let himself be called a hero. And he explains to Anderson Cooper, it wasn't about being a hero. This is what it was about and why he did what he did. What does it what does it feel like to have been living next to this for a year? See, that's why now I'm having trouble sleep. See, up until yesterday, the only thing that kept me from losing sleep was the lack of money. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So now that that's going on, and I could have done this last year, not this hero stuff. Just do the right thing. Do you feel like a hero? No. A lot of people no, 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 bro. I'm a Christian and American, and I'm just like you. We bleed same blood, put our pants on the same way. It's just that you got to put that being a coward, and I don't want to get nobody's business. You got to put that away for a minute. Because you know how it is. There's a lot of people that turn the other way. You got to have some cojones. Keep, keep walking down bro. the street. That's all it's about. It's about cojones. On this planet. This, that's my new motto. It's all about cojones on this planet. It's all Yep. <laughs> He's so genuine. Yes. Yes. He is. I've never heard this Anderson Cooper stuff. There's there's a lot of interviews I'd never heard before, and we're gonna I'm not gonna play them all. We're gonna hear the highlights. So this, like I said, this interview is several minutes long. I'm only playing probably all together about 30 seconds of it. And at the end, this is, I, I, I love this because this is a, a reoccurring theme that now happens after the fact. It, it, he, he talks about what, 
what the situation would have been like if he'd known those girls were being held hostage before everything went down. Or in fact, that's I think Anderson Cooper even asked that question to set up this this uh, answer. Asked him what it, what it would have been like if you'd known about these girls ahead of time. And here's his answer, and I believe every word he says. Bro, if this would be a different interview, I told you that if we had known that, man, I'd be facing triple life. I'm glad it turned out this way. <laughs> Anderson Cooper trying to <laughs> trying to relate y'all. Well, I'm glad it helped out this way. He's, I, he's trying to put a I positive love spin on Anderson Cooper. I've always, I've always liked him. Really? Yeah, I do too. Yeah, There's nothing really Something to dislike about, about him. He just seems, yeah, he's just he's like he's just so right right down to earth and just so he when he talks to you you you, you want to say all right I'll answer that. <laughs> he does he does he does a good job and he's generally I mean you know where he's coming from but he does yeah. try to be un unbiased and treat the interview that has changed a little over the years, I think. But yeah, I mean, any good reporter or interviewer will kind of not take a side right. and just let, let the story tell itself. He's doing that here. Right. I remember when he was the host of the mole. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the first, I actually sent in an audition tape. The mole season two was not selected, and guess what? The show was canceled. So take take that mole. <laughs> then it came back yeah, on right. Netflix and isn't near as good. Yeah, like like 15, 20 years later. Yeah. Suck it, mole. Yep. So leaving that interview, this is where, or concluding with that interview, this is where the whirlwind starts, and he starts his day at local station WKYC TV three in Cleveland. And it's a remote to um, Good Morning America. And then he jumps on a plane to a do a nightline interview in New York at ABC. So the interview from the local um, television station is pretty much the same. I don't have any clips from that. But the Good Morning America one, this one I found extremely interesting because it's a remote with George Stephanopoulos. And this is kind of, when you hear this, this is almost the complete opposite Charles Ramsey you've heard before. And I think, this is me theorizing, this is this is where I am filling in some gaps. After I went through all that trouble to say I'm not filling in any gaps, I, I am filling in some gaps and you here. Have never Oops, seen sorry, a man. I am filling in some gaps here. And I'm thinking that, that we've all learned already in this episode, and anyone following this, that Charles Ramsey is comfortable enough to say just about anything in front of the camera that's unique, honest, and funny. But what he seems like in this clip is that he doesn't like to be kind of put on to perform on command mm. and listening mm. to this clip, you can kind of hear George Stephanopoulos like prodding him. Like, come on, like, come on, say something, say something funny by just his questions are so what's the word uh, stacked or set up that um, it sounds like he's, he, he's, he's trying to force a response rather than have an interview with him. Do you follow what I'm saying? Well, maybe if I play yeah. the clip, that would make more sense. So if like I play it's it's contrived. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's that here's that clip I pulled from Good Morning America where it's this is a completely different Charles Ramsey. And you had never seen Amanda Berry before that moment when you went to her door. No. What did she say to you in, in, in those moments after you finally were able to get her out there and get her on the phone for the nine one one call? She says, "Uh, it's, it's more girls in that house." And I was just blown away from that statement. You know what I mean? And and uh, when the police got there, they went up there and brought the rest of them out. 
and you had, and you had never seen anything of any of them before, even though you knew Ariel Castro a bit. Not only I didn't see nothing. Apparently, my neighbors haven't seen anything either. Do you hear how different that is in the other interviews? No, oh, totally. Yeah, it's it's almost like he's tired. He, he's getting tired of this. Like, he's, yes, he, yeah. He he's 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 done he's done the same interview probably a million times, and because he's so genuine, this is him genuinely almost being bored with it at this point. <laughs> and I think he doesn't appreciate the stacked questions because George Stephanopoulos is only saying, "Go ahead, go ahead, say the Cajones line, say the Cajones yeah. line, right. talk about ribs." Talk, come on, talk about the ribs. <laughs> we eat ribs with this dude. There was so one. We didn't have a clue. I didn't pull the clip, but there was one one thing where he's like, he's, he's he talked about how he just moved there and he was from another part of Ohio. And George Stephanopoulos is like, oh, well, I was from this part. He's like, and he goes, oh wait, we were high school rivals. And you hear like the people in the background like, ha 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 ha. He said something funny. Ha ha ha. It's like so they're just so waiting for something new from him. It was just it was pathetic right. actually. So they're pushing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I want, I just wanted to play that because it's the only time he's like kind of just over it. Like you said, Dave, he's tired of it. So now he's leaving for that airport for that ABC interview on the flight for the appearance on Nightline. Now he's in the air. This is 10 years ago. No airplane Wi-Fi. Even if you had your phones not on airplane mode, you were getting no signal. So something interesting Happened, we kind of talked about it already, happened while he was in the air. The Gregory brothers, who were gaining pop, very, getting very popular on YouTube with their Songify the News series of, of song releases, gave Charles Ramsey interview the Songify the News treatment. And chances are, if you didn't see the interview that we started this episode with, you've seen or heard some of this video and 10 years later that original video has over 10 million views on youtube wow <laughs> oh my god and with with the dead giveaway single like the the actual single release of it the song music 36.4 million views on youtube oh my Jesus. i don't have the whole song because it is like a good three minutes but i have a little bit of it and if you are, are lost up until this point of the episode which i can't imagine you are i think you're gonna get caught up right now I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. My neighbor got big testicles because we see this dude every day. We eat ribs with this dude. But we didn't have a clue that that girl was in that house. She said, please help me get out. Dead giveaway. 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 And I believe, Dave, this is how Christy and I introduced you into this whole story to begin with. Completely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I, I learned about this from you and I learned about it through the song because you had a bunch of them and we were down in Florida and and I had like a wonderful afternoon of you playing me. <laughs> Jones barbecue Jones barbecue foot massage and uh and at the red house. You know what's where white people and black people buy furniture, you know, like Hispanics too. (laughs) Yeah, you just played me all of these things. And I I mean I still I watched that day giveaway thing a couple times a year. (laughs) 
I'll get I'll get into a loop and I'll be like, oh, I have to watch, you know, like the Sweet Brown interview or, you know, like that or something like that. Um, yeah. You brought up Jones Barbecue for Massage. This I hadn't thought about that in years until like two weekends ago, um, which is actually why we had a, a discussion just two, three nights ago about my, the, I was, I started barbecuing again because we had ordered barbecue because we were having a craving for barbecue. I'm like, I got to make barbecue again. My point of the story is I typed in barbecue in Google Maps trying to find a, a barbecue location. Someone registered their home address as Jones Barbecue and put massage in this area. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh, anyways. That guy, that guy was sweet. But I mean, that was that was a little different than this. Like that was a comedy bit. Yeah, it was, right. Um, yeah. But that guy was funny. And there was a ton of those too. Yep. He did different versions. Yep. I learned all this from you and Chrissy, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So so now at this point, he's landed and they've driven over to the studios. And when they stop, this was funny. I wish I had more information on this. Um, like I wish I had a clip. I just don't. Snoop Dogs had a live stream, a thing he called the GGN network, internet network. And on this live stream, he called Charles Ramsey because Charles Ramsey gave his number on the 911 call and the 911 call was released to the news unedited. So everybody in the fucking world had his phone number. But oh my God. but Snoop Dogg called him and had him on the show, but it's such a bad, it's the, like, I, I've heard this clip. I've watched it. It's just so bad because it's it's Snoop Dogg calling him on a cell phone, on a speaker cell phone that's nowhere near the mic. You can hear Charles Ramsey's voice and inflection. I have no idea what he's saying. It sucks. I wish there was a better <laughs> recording of this, but the idea of this was pretty cool. And the fact that his number is a 911 call is very important to the story at this point now moving forward because he gets to the hotel and he did a little sightseeing and now it's time for his interview with Cynthia McFadden, which is probably my runner up favorite interview next to Anderson Cooper merely for the number of times that Charles Ramsey calls this summa cum laude jurist doctorate degree graduate and Peabody award winning journalist Cynthia McFadden sugar uh, <laughs> so, sugar <laughs> so, um the line report starts with the entire events of the day and then we naturally move into this interview with Cynthia McFadden and Charles Ramsey and she goes into right off the bat what's life like been for Charles these past 36 hours starting with his worldwide notoriety and, and what it's gotten him and here's here's his answer to that question there are numbers in this phone that start off with nine four five six five zero 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 hyphen something 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 hyphen so i'm just guessing that's denmark <laughs> i ain't got no friends with no numbers with hyphens <laughs> i don't even have friends that could spell the word hyphen so like at four o'clock like 10 15 calls you're a hero man greetings from malaysia what does that feel like charles that feels like Boost Mobile is going to charge me more than $50 a month. <laughs> now, that's what it feels like. It feels like that I, I done messed up that unlimited plan dramatically. <laughs> dramatically. Dramatically, yes. <laughs> so, she, she naturally, the, the hero title comes up. There's no way you can talk about this guy, especially in the early days of, of this happening, where you can't address him as being a hero. She also brings up the fact that there's a $25,000 reward posted for years for the return, the safe return of Amanda Berry specifically, along with some other things too. So she asked him about that. And again, another reason to love this guy with his answer. A lot of people are calling you a hero. Is that how you see yourself? 
course not sugar. <laughs> I'm a dude that did what he had to do. You can put any label you want on that. There's a reward, $25,000 for Amanda Berry's safe return. All you have to do is make that check out to Amanda Berry. What else you got? Any other rewards? You make them out to Gina DeJesus. What else you got? You go get that to Michelle. What else you got? <laughs> I love that. What wow. Else you got? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I just got I to gotta chill. Yeah. And well, he's got to chill. He's not all talk. I'm jumping ahead in the story a bit, but it's important to at this point. He's not all talk. He did indeed have that $25,000 reward written to Amanda Berry, and then she ended up splitting it up between the three victims. So he wasn't all talk. Everything, in fact, everything that happens to this guy, um, we're kind of going to jump, we're going to um, uh, interrupt uh, uh, Cynthia McFadden's uh, um, interview here. Everything that happens to this guy, he just, he pays it forward. This is like the living antithesis of paying it forward, this guy. Because. Right. He remember the whole McDonald's. I went home, had my McDonald's, eat my Big Mac, and all that, right? Yeah. He mentioned having a Big Mac, and this is not just an interview. He did that in every interview. He starts every interview saying he was having a Big Mac. So, riding that wave of popular opinion, McDonald's offered him, quote, free Big Macs for life, unquote. And we'll talk about Jeez. that here. So, here's a clip of what Charles Ramsey planned to do when they contacted him about this. McDonald's says, uh, we'll give you Big Macs for life. And then if you notice, they say we'll be in contact. Now, what they did was they gave me $1,000 uh, cash from two different McDonald's locations. And they gave me $1,000 in gift cards, two different locations. So we got 2,000 cash, 2,000 gift cards. I gave the money and the gift cards to every homeless person and kid I ran into. I was giving kids four and five of these things. Because the way, I, wait, wait, wait. way I'm figuring, if I get this for life, at least I can feed everybody that's around me wherever I go. So if I, if I got this for life and I take a trip to California, don't worry about it. I got it. If I'm in Bermuda and they got a McDonald's, don't worry about it. Uh, such isn't the case. So he tried to ride that out. And that, have you guys ever dealt with anything? I've never won it, but I have a friend who won, I think it was a year, it was a year supply of Dove Bars. You ever dealt with that? Of winning a no. quote, lifetime or a year supply? I found out real quick. She won, I think it was a raffle or something. Won a, won a year supply of Dove Bars. She ended up having to fill out a form online, and they sent her a coupon, four coupons for like four boxes of four, like seven point ounce bars, and because the, they and that with a letter explaining that they calculated over a course of a year, a person would eat X amount of top bars. And like, that's, uh, that was it. So it's like, so he was given Jeez. his year supply of McDonald's Big Macs, probably is based on some cock calculation that he'd only ever eat $4,000 worth of Big Macs his whole life and just gave it to him one lump sum. Okay. Yeah. But that, still. That, they, they wanted, they, they used that. That's chump change. It is. To a corporation <laughs> right, like yeah, McDonald's. Right, yeah. They, they used him. As a marketing tool. Yes, they did. Yeah. Because yep. you might be like, you know, Burger King, McDonald's. Oh, it was so cool what McDonald's did and gave that guy Big Macs for life. I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a Big Mac. Right. Too. Exactly. That guy was yeah. such a great guy. Yep. Where did this happen? Cleveland? Yep. Yep. Cleveland. I should have been mayor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mayor. He should have uh, been the mayor. The mayor. I, I, I mean, when do you come across people with this much integrity? I know. Right. Yeah. So, all right, let's. We're going to jump back to Cynthia McFadden because there's still two very 
fantastic clips here. So something happened during this, again, during his travels and his sightseeing before the interview. There was a local, local to Charles news channels, Channel 5. They started a smear campaign online against this guy for no other reason than to get clicks and page impressions. And what they did was release information and story about Ramsey's past that involved him serving time for a domestic violent incident. Which, of course, Cynthia McFadden, and this being Nightline, can't be ignored. So she brought it up, and he did not shy away from this at all. Ramsey is the first to say he has not lived a perfect life. You have been in jail. You got that right, Sherry. So there was a domestic violence. Who, with my wife? Oh, yeah. What happened? I was a piece of <laughs> and she deserved better. You've kept yourself out of trouble since 2003, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. No more stupidity. So he went right up to it. He didn't just say, yeah, that's something wow. in the past I don't want to talk about. He's like, no, I was a piece of shit. I was stupid. And I'm not going to sit here and sit on a moral throne and say that the report shouldn't have been done or whatnot, but... It, he, he has, he's in the spotlight. He's got a record. It's going to come out sooner or later. But doing so, so soon after these girls, <laughs> he saved these girls, I do have a little bit of problem with that. I think that yeah. was a little tacky. But it's sensational. It's it, sensationalism yeah. journalism. Yeah, yeah. But but I, and I also can't help to think that this has happened today. Like literally today, right now as we're talking, this wouldn't have happened ten times faster. Like this wouldn't have been the next thing on YouTube after this guy's interview. This is mm-hmm. the way the thing is. But um, I wasn't the only one that thought this way. There was enough complaints to that station that they ended up releasing a statement on their website and their Facebook page and um, their other social medias, whichever were around 10 years ago. I don't even know at this point. And they said, to our readers and followers, we heard you. Wednesday night, we made a poor judgment call on posting a story about Charles Ramsey's criminal record and how he has since reformed. While the story was factually sound, the timing of the publication was not in good taste, and we regret it. Your comments prompted us to quickly remove the story from our website and Facebook page, but we know that we can't erase what we've already done. Ramsey is a hero for his actions, and we recognize that, and thank you so much for your feedback. So, at least they even went, yeah, that was a bad idea. We, we, hmm. we fucked up. Right. So... Jeez. <laughs> so here is the last bit. Here's the closing statement from his Cynthia McFadden interview. And I think these are words that everyone should should live by. But then you reach that age, it's like, am I going to be a total schmuck the rest of my life? Or are we going to stop being a schmuck? Well, on Monday, you showed the world you weren't a schmuck. Don't know about next Monday. Can't promise you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. (laughs) So this is about the end of the whirlwind story. He's got a little bit of stuff going forward here. So now the 15 minutes have died out over the next two months, charges, plea bargainings, just a ridiculous amount of attempts by Ariel Castro to get any form of leniency from his twisted mind perceived it. He eventually finally got... Um, he finally pled guilty, I'm sorry, on July 26, 2013, to 237 of the 277 charges against him. Oh, my God. And his God. sentence was life in prison plus 1,000 years. Okay. So he wasn't going anywhere. And, of course, with the day of sentencing, who is the local news going to sort out? Charles Ramsey. And right. got his thoughts, and he didn't disappoint, but his tone is a little different in this one. 
So you felt that justice was served today? Only if you're not human. Now, I know it would be a bad thing to have the girls back and tell their side of the story and then we push or they push or whoever pushes for the death penalty, but I just can't see why electrocuting his and or firing squad or both or let me have him wasn't on the table. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> he's <laughs> he's a, a thousand years plus life is not good enough. Right. Right. Yes. But, yeah. So that's about the end of this story. There's it. He did try. There's some accounts of him trying to go on towards a motivational speaker, but I can't find anything of that actually going off the ground. A few years later, the original reporter that interviewed Charles Ramsey in that opening clip did for the next few years, I should say, they did like a, an anniversary of it and they would talk to him. And we'd hear more of the same and a little bit of um, kind of introspective, retrospective from him. But nothing too, too um, any better than what we've heard before. By the six-year anniversary, um, at this point, Amanda Berry had been hosting a, a special uh, – or a, she's been working for the news, the local news. She'd been hosting kind of like a oh, – what was the guy's name uh, from uh, – Oh God! The uh, ah, can't even think of it now. America's Most Wanted was that the name of the show? John Walsh. John, John Walsh. Walsh. Yeah, it's kind of like a John Walsh thing for missing people. She would host that on that news station. So uh, oh. she's part of the news crew. She did a reunion special with him, and it was very. It, it's actually one of the most genuine things I've seen him in. And since this is a comedy show, and we like to laugh there was really only one clip that made me laugh because the rest of it was so touching but since it made me laugh a little bit i'll play it for you guys this is them six years later and her um thanking him finally properly for what he had done it's a little token of the time it's a kind of like the time you gave back to me my life but oh this is you changed the time of my life and i just wish you this is some LeBron James stuff right here, baby. <laughs> Every know. time you look at it, you think of us and what you, you know did it. that day. My goodness. You're my hero. Oh. So. Girl, girl, girl. I just want to say God bless you. Oh, I love you. It was the LeBron James thing nice. that made me laugh. Yes. Well, it was a watch? <laughs> yeah, it was a watch, yep. <laughs> yep. Some LeBron James shit right here. And that's kind of where he just falls off for a while until one more thing I'll bring up for... for just falls off the radar in general. Um, by all accounts, mm. he seems to be doing well. Um, the little bits that pop up here and there, he seems fine, but he's just not in the spotlight. Now, they did make a, uh, what do you call it? A, um, oh, I'll get to that. Let's, okay, let's go here. The one thing I did find since that six year reunion is in 2021 Discovery Channel. Uh, actually, I think it was the Discovery Plus at this point. I think the streaming did. They did a special called The Cleveland Kidnappings. And they had a brief interview with him. Uh, he wasn't in it very much. But you, when he is on the, in, in being interviewed, when he's asked something, you can guarantee he's going to tell the story the only way he can. I'm at home. And I hear this bang and bang, 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 bang. And I look out my window. And I see my neighbors in the middle of the street. But they're not looking at me. They're looking at the house next door. So now I open my door. I come outside. What, what are you looking at? Bang, bang, bang. Oh, there's that. What is going on? What is that? 
is that some girl, she want to get out the house. Then what well, did you help her? We're not going to get involved in that. We don't know her. Ugh. So I go off my porch, right? What is the problem? Like, I need to get out of here. Then get out. And I can't. He's got the door locked or chained up, rather. I said, oh, God. All right. So I got a big, uh, Big Mac in my hand, just like McDonald's. So, uh, debate. Help the girl I don't know. $4 hamburger I just bought. I know the hamburger, I just bought it. I don't know you. All right, here we go. Put the hamburger down. I love to that to this day, almost 10 years later, he's still focusing on his Big Mac. He's still talking about his Big Mac. <laughs> yep. And, and he knows that it costs $4. Yep. So, um, to wrap up, there's only one more media thing to, I want to talk about it, and it kind of just it, it, it irritates me uh, to no end. In 2015, Lifetime made a movie. Of course, of course, they did. It's called The Cleveland Abductions. And mm-hmm. Sartera was it, no Taryn Manning from Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, uh, I can't stand her since she was on Worst Cook Celebrity Edition. She showed her ass on that show. She's a jerk. I don't like her, but I watched she it was, anyway. She yeah yeah she's uh, Pencil Tucky. Right? Yes yeah yep okay yeah now, yeah. In in this, Charles Ramsey was played by an actor named Corey Hendricks, but he had no lines. All they did was show him kicking down the door. How do you have a role for Charles Ramsey yeah. character in this Wasted. movie and not give him any lines? <coughs> yeah, they should have had yeah. him do it. Yep. Oh, that would have been, I didn't even think of that. I didn't think of that. So, so now this goes back to, I think, how we started Outside the Galaxy. Chris asked us if any of us ever watched Lifetime movies. I said no. I can no longer say that. I've now seen a Lifetime See? movie. Yep. There you go. And finally, to wrap up, I did say all this story is me retelling it from his own words. And that is because I made all of my notes, except for my one bit of speculation, which I I heavily highlighted, from his book that was published through Gray and Company Publishers. And it was called Dead Giveaway The Rescue Hamburgers, White Folks, and Instant Celebrity. What you saw on TV (laughs) doesn't begin to tell the story. What a great title. Yep, yep. It's a great title. It is such a short and easy book to read. Hamburgers and white people. Yep. Oh, wow. That's great. And you read, you bought and read this book? I did. Yep. One night. One night. So we can yep. support this guy yes. by buying his yep. book. Yep. Yep. So I do have a bit of trivia. I know this has gone longer than I expected, honestly, but I do have a bit of trivia if I want to run through it quick. A trivia I'm game, great. I should say. All right. Yeah. Okay, so again, I had to stretch to find a subject. And what I did was take that last bit of information in this story. And uh, this trivia is called Lifetime Based on a True Story Movie Starring Roles. <laughs> okay. All right. So Chris went first last time I host. So Dave, you're going to go first this time. All right. All okay. right. Drew Peterson Untouchable is based on the Drew Peterson case of the... Of former Illinois police sergeant convicted of murdering his third and fourth wife. Oh, was convicted of murdering his third wife and his fourth wife disappeared. Who played the character of Drew Peterson? All right. I know this is the Drew and Lacey Peterson story. Yep. I watch a lot of true crime uh-huh. and the, the Lacey Peterson case was a big deal because the guy was super handsome. <laughs> and in fact, when he was in prison, he had all kinds of women throwing themselves at this dude. I was going to say, no, this is going to help you until you said that. You might know the answer to this. <laughs> it sounds like it, he does. It was somebody. And and these Lifetime movies don't get cream of the crop. They get people like, my guess, 
Dean Cain. Oh, that's a good oh, yes. How dare you? It's wrong though, Chris. You want to try to steal? Someone who's not like a. He's handsome. I'm telling you, the guy was handsome. Yeah. And he did I... everything wrong as far as trying to make it look like he didn't kill his wife, <laughs> which he did. Yeah. That's not. No, true. no, no one's coming to mind. Is he? Would you say he's Rob Lowe handsome, Dave? There you go. Was it Rob Lowe? It was Rob Lowe, yes. Oh, that's a waste of Rob Lowe's talents. <laughs> is it? Really? I, yeah, I mean, of I Tommy love Boy uh, Rob, fame? Rob Lowe is, is a really, really talented guy. He's better than Lifetime, although I think he still does a Hallmark thing every once in a while. He does a bunch he? of that shit, yeah. <sighs> All right, he's, let's... He's Chris, Trigger. he's Chris Trigger on Parks and Rec. I mean, he's classic. Oh, okay. I've never seen Parks and Rec, so I'll take your word for it. Oh, he's so good on it. Let's do a character episode on him. All right, Chris, your turn. Okay. Girl in the Bunker is based on the kidnapping of Elizabeth Showoff, a teenage girl abducted and held in a forest in an underground bunker by a sexual predator. What 80s child actor plays the grown-up abductor, Vincent Filia? All right, so you're not first thing when you said, I was like, wondering if the girl in the bunker is Alyssa Milano. That, <laughs> that's what I was, I was like, um, thinking of. And you're saying who, who was the guy? Who, yes, who, who was the it? abductor? Doctor in the 80s. This movie came out in the 80s. No, the this was an 80s in the 80s. He was a child actor, pretty big name. In the 80s, he not was a, a child. lot of movies, but a big name. Like, you know, okay. this name. Oh. Um, Scott Bayo. No, good guess, but not it. Dave, you got a guess? Okay. Based on your clues, I'm just going to go straight down the fairway with Ricky Schroeder. That's a good one, too, but no, Henry Thomas. Elliot himself. Henry Thomas is more talented than (laughs) Lifetime. (laughs) He's in all all those Mike Flanagan movies that Henry Thomas is in, especially Dr. Sleep. He is killer. What do you want me to tell you? I mean, it was a low point. I'm disappointed in these actors' agents that they're letting them do Lifetime movies. <laughs> well, was that Lifetime movie in their life? Get prepared for to be more disappointed, Dave. Uh-oh. Maybe not with this no, one. No. You might not give a shit about this one. Liz and Dick was inspired by the Hollywood true romance of Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, who played the Hollywood icon Liz Taylor. Liz Taylor. You can't, I guess we, we don't have a year, right? We don't know when I, this no, came out. No, I didn't write that down. Um, these are all people we know. None of these are, are like like a stretch of the imagination. Joan Crawford. No, Chris, you got a guess? Someone, Alyssa Milano. That's you're in the right realm. I think it's Lindsay Lohan. Oh, I think I remember this now. Okay, all right, back to Chris. Beautiful Lindsay okay. Lohan belongs on the Lifetime Network. Yeah, well, there you go. she does. Yeah, all right, For Chris. A lifetime. Chris, we are talking about the movie Beautiful and Twisted. It's based on the Ben Novak Jr. murder. Novak's wife murdered both Ben and his mother, Bernice Novak, in order to take over their multi-million dollar hotel fortune. Who played the character Ben Novak? I don't know this story at all. <sighs> um, fuck it. Um, I'll. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. This guy's brother, Chad Lowe. No, not Chad Lowe. Okay. Dave, any guess? Michael Rosenbaum. 
No. Oh, man, you're insulting. It's Rob Lowe again. He did another Lifetime movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Come on. Dave. All right. Next, next one, Rob Lowe. Dave. This is killing me. Dave, Amanda yeah. Knox, murderer on trial in Italy, is based on the oh, true yeah. story of convicted, acquitted, retrialed murder suspect Amanda Knox. What famous hero, in quotes, played Amanda Knox? That, that, that poor girl. I mean, that was a mess. There's been so many documentaries made about Amanda Knox. Amanda, Amanda Knox was also a very attractive person. So this has to be an attractive. I'll say it is. Oh, and Matt likes this person. Well, I didn't say that. I said they're attractive. Olivia Newton. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who was the sister on Growing Pains? Tracy Gold? Tracy Gold? Tracy Gold. Not Tracy Gold. Though, you, that's the right casting pool for Lifetime movies. You're right there. That's where I'm going. <laughs> nope, not Tracy Gold. Chris, you got a guess? I'll go with another sister on another uh, 80s TV show, uh, uh, Justine Bateman. No, another good guess. I tried to put a clue in there for you. I said, what famous hero in quotes played Amanda Knox? I am talking about Hayden Pantieri. Oh. It was right in front of us, Dave. Yep. You're so stupid. She belongs on that network. <laughs> All right. We're to Chris, right? Chris. Okay. I am Elizabeth Smart is a harrowing kidnapping story of Elizabeth Smart by a religious fanatic who held her captive for nine months. Who narrates this movie? Narrates it. T. Leone. Nope. Dave, you got a guess? Who nar narrates it as Elizabeth Smart? Yes. Or as just like a narrator. Yes. As Elizabeth Smart. Um, yes to everything. I will say Elizabeth Smart. You are correct, Dave. I did not <laughs> fool you with that one. With two right. questions to go, Dave is in a commanding lead of one to nothing. <laughs> you get this one. This one this is probably the hardest one right here. Although it makes perfect makes perfect sense. Fuck you are so close. <laughs> Anna Nicole is based on the true story of model centerfold and actress Anna Nicole Smith. In Anna Nicole, who plays her octogenarian husband, J. Howard Marshall? Oh my God. Um, Ed Begley Jr. Nope. <laughs> nope, but good guess. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I guess. I'm going to say fuck it. I'm going to say Rablo. No, it's. <laughs> Damn it. Martin Damn. Landau, which I thought I'd never knew this, but oh, when I heard that, I was like, fuck, that's perfect. Dead. Yeah. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. All right, Chris. Yeah. Final question to you. You got okay, a chance get, to tie this. Right. Rob Lowe. Here we go. Prosecuting Casey Anthony is based on the true story of the trial of the child killer and utter piece of shit, Floridian Casey Anthony, who mm -hmm. played lead prosecutor Jeff Ashton. Um, Woody Harrelson. No, Dave. You got a guess? And this is still a Lifetime movie. Yep. Tom Berenger. No. And Chris, you're going to kick yourself because the answer was Rob Lowe. <laughs> you, you almost said it, too. <laughs> Fucking bastard. Uh, Are you serious right. Right, right now about this Rob Lowe? Yes. And his, yep. <laughs> did he sign it? Did he sign a lifetime I contract? Put, I a could, lifetime? I could have put two, <laughs> at least two more in. That's how many he's been I in. He was in. He was in. One where he played a brother with Ashton Mount from um, Hell on Wheels in Star Trek. Uh, 
uh, Strange New Worlds. Like he he's been he, he's been at least two. I could have done at least two more. I I I, I left it at three. Uh, three was the nice balance for that. That is horrible. Yeah, but there was like ten to twelve years that he wasn't doing anything but TV. Then he, yeah. then he's on nine one one, and then he's okay. Like Netflix that's, shit. Yeah. That yeah. that's a good point. Before they started putting him, before he he, he was uh he was in Austin Powers as young number two with the eye patch. Remember. Right. And then he was in Tommy Boy. Yeah. And after that, he started to be reaccepted into Hollywood because honestly, he made a sex tape with an underage girl. I mean, you remember that? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think she there's a like, lifetime movie about that where he played himself. Starring him. <laughs> and he narrates it too. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, he was, I mean, really, the, he was. He was that decade's version of being canceled. And by canceled then, that meant you had to do Lifetime movies. Mm. Yeah, right. True. Yeah. Huh. She's in a bunch of that shit. Wow. I won, Chris. I won, Chris. I won with one. With one. Yep. Every tr- tr- trivia game from this point on is fucking, I'm going to say Rob Lowe. Sooner or later, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it right. <laughs> well, that's my story for Charles Rez. I hope you enjoyed it. I think this guy deserves every bit of uh fandom he had and i think i think this is me speculating now we're outside the book i think he's actually happy no longer being in that spotlight i think he was in it just long enough to not turn him into a complete you know how fame sudden fame takes over people i think it was he was fun he did an incredibly heroic thing even though he doesn't like that term and i think he's happy where he's at now too by all indications so i i really enjoyed learning more about him because I think he did a great thing. Excellent. He did. Good for him. Well done. Well done, Matt. Excellent job. Thank you. Um, horrible <laughs> trivia game. But. <laughs> Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Um, well, thanks for listening out there for this Outside the Galaxy and, you know, Mark Galaxy years. And tune in next time for another wonderful episode. Thanks for listening to Swick Presents Outside the Galaxy. Outside the Galaxy is a Neozaz.com production. For more great content and original productions, please visit Neozaz.com. Neozaz.com and Swick Presents Outside the Galaxy is proudly 100% listener supported. To learn how you can help support the work done by Neozaz.com and get access to exclusive content, please visit Patreon.com slash Neozaz. To help support the show for free, please consider taking a couple minutes to leave a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download this podcast. Thanks for listening. 